For today's GeoQuiz, think inaccessible. We're looking for an ancient path off the east coast of England. This path starts at Great Wakering on the coast of Essex, and it ends at Foulness, an island separated from the mainland by narrow creeks. Here's the interesting part. When the tide is in, this path is underwater. You can only walk it when the tide is out. So you have to watch closely for those returning waves and for the mud, which can also be dangerous. But if you time it right, it's unforgettable. It proved to be the eeriest, the unearthliest, and the most memorable walk I've taken, and I've taken many walks. We'll hear more from British writer Robert McFarlane later when we come back with the answer. British writer Robert McFarlane is a seeker of places on the periphery, and he writes about one such place in the current issue of Granta magazine. We asked you to name it in our GeoQuiz today. The answer is the Broomway, a three-mile route that takes the walker on an ancient path off the southeast coast of England. When the tide is out, the path is visible and walkable. When the tide is in, the Broomway is underwater. Robert McFarlane walked the Broomway, and for any of our listeners, Robert, who've taken a walk in an area subject to tides, you don't want to go too far out on the seabed lest the returning tides catch you, right? Right. So you've got to put your trust in the moon, and you have to put your trust uh, in your own calculations, which are much more likely to be fallible than the moon. So you do your tide calcs and you work out that once the tide is out and it goes out about two and a half miles over hard sand, then you have several hours in which to make your walk and come back again. The other danger is mud. The Broomway exists because of a wide ridge of hard sand that runs offshore and that provides a good walking surface. In fact, you can drive vehicles over it. But the mud is more problematic. So what is this Broomway and how long has it been there? Nobody knows. Nobody knows why it's there. Some people think it's, as it were, the top of a ridge of chalk that rises up and kind of braces the sand there. Nobody knows really how long it's been in use. There's a manorial record from the early medieval period which refers to it. But it joins the mainland on the east coast of England to this big island. I think it's the fifth biggest island in England called Falness. And that was how people got onto and off Falness for centuries mm. The mail coaches would run along there and the pedestrians would run along there. But it was dangerous. Right. You had to do those tide calculations each time you wanted to deliver the mail. Exactly. Mm. And there was a pub at Wakering Stairs, which is way on the mainland where you join it. And so the, the coach drivers would sit and drink there in the 19th century. And then it really wasn't a path you wanted to be coaching along while drunk. <laughs> and the name Broomway, I understand that it comes from the fact that brooms were literally placed along it to mark the path. Why brooms? Un unclear. Um, but yes, allegedly the, the path's width was marked with these brooms. These brooms also offered, this is obviously pre-GPS, pre-handheld compass even, uh, offered a way to navigate it. So you would carry a very long length of thread and you would attach the thread to the broom and then you would walk off in what you thought was the direction of the broomway until you met hopefully the next broom and then and then you would know in what direction you were going. Sorry, actually you'd left the string attached to a stone. And so this was a, a very laborious way of ensuring safe passage. How long a walk is it and how did it go for you? In terms of miles, it's nothing. It's three to four, depending on how you measure it and walk it out. And then you obviously you need to come back the same way. But it, it proved to be the eeriest, the unearthliest and the most memorable walk I've taken. And I've taken many walks. Um, this was because you are walking on water. The water is only an inch in depth, really. And obviously the sand beneath it. But there is a sense of miracle attending your progress at every step. 
and your own reflection is doubled in the water next to you. You walk soul to soul with your own ghost, as it were. And scale is weird because there's no depth markers or distance markers. Everything is a kind of silver mirror extending in all directions. And it was a hot day and it was a misty day to start with. And all of these factors conspired to create a really powerfully spectral and strange walk. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like it could be really mysterious, but also kind of eerily disorienting. Yes, and fortunately we had handheld compasses, so we knew which way we were going. If you hadn't had those, it would have been very, very strange. Hard to keep your nerve and hard to keep your bearing. And indeed, at the end of the day, we couldn't kind of resist it any longer. And we, we left the broomway and walked directly out to sea and reached about two and a half miles out over these flats, reached a point where you could see these great illusions being bred by the heat and the clouds out where the water met the sand. And indeed, the, you know, the tide times were starting to, to look a bit tight by that point. But there was this incredible pull out to the horizon, out to the outermost point. Now, you were doing this walk with a friend, um, and I suppose you both realize that when tides go out in this area, they really go out. Um, you describe how there's this vast underwater territory on this walk called Doggerland mm. off the shore here. It stretches all the way east to Germany and was once dry land. Who lived there thousands of years ago? Well, amazingly, we do know stuff about this. In short, Mesolithic hunter-gatherers ranged across this area. This obviously is when the, the water that now fills this region, that is the North Sea, was largely locked up in land ice in the form of the ice caps. And using data from oil companies and astonishing archaeological reconstructive techniques that I don't really understand, archaeologists have been able to back map this area. And we now know what it probably looked like around twelve to 10,000 years ago. We know wow. some of its features, its topography. We kind of know what people would have lived on. And uh, trawlers that fish this area regularly dredge up bones and hunting implements, this evidence of a lost civilization. So we were walking in that sense backwards in time, mm. every step a decade. So Robert, now you've walked the Broomway. Was it everything you hoped it would be? Yeah, it was It was unforgettable. And it, it changed my mind in the sense that it altered my mind. I felt profoundly flat in the sense of lateral rather than depressed for weeks after walking that. I will never forget it. And it spent a very, very long time trying to work out how to render that experience into prose. It's romantic, but uh, I've got to say, if any Americans hear this and they say, oh, I'll be in England this summer, that walk sounds like fun and exhilarating. A, a word of caution for them, perhaps? Well, first of all, make sure the Ministry of Defense are not lobbing shells over the broomway, which is what they do most of the week. Mm. Secondly, get your tide calculations right. And thirdly, pray that the moon stays in its orbit. Robert McFarlane writes about his walk on the broomway in the current issue of Granta and in his forthcoming book, The Old Ways. Robert, thanks a lot. Thank you, Marco. We have some striking photos from Robert McFarlane's walk on the broomway. You can see them at theworld.org, and you don't even have to worry about getting caught by the tide.